Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by Wyndham Garden Lafayette. And by Short and Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with creative business consultant Aileen Bennett. It's business Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Aileen Bennett. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Here in Acadiana, whether you're a recent arrival or your family's been here for generations, there's one thing we all agree on. We have a unique culture that we need to preserve. That's a great sentiment, but even though we all have it, wishing doesn't make it happen. For culture to be preserved, somebody actually has to preserve it. Most of us are busy working, raising families, and despite whatever good cultural intentions we may have, we're more likely to be able to quote lines from our favorite Netflix shows than lyrics to Cajun songs. Luckily for us and for future generations, there are people among us who are making it their life's work to preserve to, and to grow our unique culture. One of them is Grammy Award-winning musician Joel Savoir. A member of one of the royal families of Cajun music, Joel plays in a band with his mum and dad, Mark and Anne, and brother Wilson, as well as many other combinations of Cajun musicians here in Acadiana, across the country, and around the world. Joel is also the co-founder and the owner of the record label, Valcor Records, where you'll find music by Steve Riley, Bonsoir Cartin, Cedric Watson, and the Balfour family, and many more. Joel, welcome to Out to Lunch. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. It's one thing to preserve a traditional culture, it's another thing altogether to get people to consume it in competition for their attention with Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook and every other distraction out there. The secret of social media is not to be solely a consumer of it but to use it as a marketing tool, whether your message is Cajun culture or lawnmower repair. Here in Acadiana, we are not typically known for our early adoption of technology. Matt Thibodeau is something of an exception to that rule. Matt started out crafting social media campaigns for local companies back in the online marketing dark ages over eight years ago. Today, Matt's Lafayette social media marketing company, the Matthew Aaron Agency, has over 15 employees and social media marketing has become a key tool for businesses worldwide. Matt, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me. Joel, we keep hearing the music business has changed. Streaming sites like Spotify have destroyed both radio and record sales. Record companies can't make any money. In the midst of all this turmoil, in 2006, you start a record company. And from what I can tell, it's been super successful. I want to know how you pulled this off, so let's start out with Music Business 101. When you sign a recording artist, I assume you, the recording company, pay for a recording to be made and marketed. Having spent that money, you're now faced with the fact that more people are going to listen to that music for free on YouTube than buy it on iTunes. So how do you make the mechanics of a record company work? Walk us through what a person who owns a record company does. Well, first of all, I think you're making a lot of assumptions there. Uh, back in the day, 20 years ago, that is what a record label would have done. They would have given an artist a budget or a producer a budget uh, and then they would hope to recoup that budget for making the record through record sales but as we all know I mean I ask my friends all the time when was the last time you bought a CD or when was the last time you bought a record 
I asked myself that. When was the last time I actually paid for music? And I have, you know, I play music for a living. I don't really. I use Spotify. I have a subscription to it. Things like that. So the way that people consume music nowadays is completely different than it was in the past. People don't necessarily go out and buy a record. They want instant access to a track while they're driving. So they'll go on YouTube. They'll go on Spotify. They'll listen to it, right? Yeah, I um, just asked Siri to pull it up. and. Yeah. Hey, Siri. Yes. Oh, she did. Oh, she she oh. did hear me. There it is. Siri is actually in fact listening to this show right now. Oh, excuse me. My, my Siri is British also. Um, sorry, I shouldn't have done that. <clears throat> anyway, so the whole model has changed for us. Um, we started a record label, like you said, in 2006, right in the middle of, uh, kind of at the end of the decline of the the major labels. And what was that process like? Hey, nobody's buying records anymore. Let's start a record label. I had been living in Calgary dating a Canadian girl for a year, and I was very homesick, and I called up my old uh, partner, Lucius Fontenot, and a college friend, uh, Philip Lafargue in Baton Rouge. And I uh, said, hey, guys, uh, this is totally random, but do y'all want to start a record label and do just exclusively Louisiana music? Uh, because I had been at... And did uh, they say, have you been drinking again, Joel? They probably did. No, I think they both said, yes, sure, let's do it. Got good friends. Um, I, I've been playing music since I was 12 years old. I, the first time I played out of town was at the uh, Smithsonian Festival when I was 14, 1994. I played with my family, uh, my mom and my dad, and Hadley Castile, actually. And so I've been experiencing uh, record sales and record contracts and uh, performances and touring since I was a teenager, a young teenager. And uh, I've seen uh, what it's like. My dad has a music store where he sells CDs. So I've seen all the different sides of retail, the way touring musicians work. And I noticed that uh, Louisiana music is different from a lot of other kinds of music because it only comes from here. So we have a niche market. If we do exclusively Louisiana music, then we have the corner on that market. If we can put out all of the music we can from here, if people want Louisiana music, they're going to have to get it from us. So it was kind of an easy, I mean, I say easy, it was kind of an easy thing to fall into, getting into the record business, since we decided to only do Louisiana music. And, uh, you know, record sales have declined a lot, but we don't do it for the money. I mean, none of us have ever done this as a job. It's a labor of love. We do it because we love it. We do it because we believe in the music, and we want to share the things that make uh, Louisiana exciting uh, to us. We want to share that with the rest of the world. And I'm sure we'll come back to the marketing side. Matt? I mentioned earlier that we're not big on jumping into technological change here in Acadiana. And to their credit, business have thrived here for years on little more than word of mouth. I'm sure that there are local businesses who still don't have any marketing budget whatsoever. While we're talking to Joelle about preserving culture, the culture of community and word of mouth is also part of a way of life. Do you find local businesses regard social media as an enemy of that culture? Or have you found a way to use social media here that's specifically aware of and takes into account the uniqueness of the culture? It's a great question. Um, it's a tough question to start with. No, I think uh, most local businesses have been able to champion their brand, their stories, and to highlight who they are and what they're trying to do through basically free platforms. Uh, with Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, the list goes on. Uh, there's a low entry barrier 
to get into those different platforms and to utilize them and to educate and bring awareness about your product, uh, whether that's your brand uh, or any of those different things. So I think uh, for the most part, especially for our agency and the clients we've worked with, we've seen a number of uh, business owners who don't have huge marketing budgets, who can't afford you know, expensive marketing campaigns, can easily get a flip phone, shoot a great video, post it on Instagram or Facebook, so they can immediately start to, uh, to reach their audience without some sort of uh, overreaching budgets or things like that. So we've seen the power behind it. And is it good because you can show the culture and show things rather than just have to talk about them and write about them? Yeah, I think uh, one of the beauties behind social media is the, um, I mean, right now, video is huge on, on social media. I mean, one, that's one of the biggest things. One of the big things that we're focusing on in 2018 is um, how to utilize Facebook Live more and also with Instagram stories. So I feel with social media business owners have a real opportunity now instead of just pushing their product or man, brand, really telling a story with it. So, Joel, I presume you already use social media to get the word out. What I'm also you, going to be hiring Matt right well, after I was, we get done. I was about to give you some advice for free. I was going to say, what do you already do and what question do you want to ask Matt? I have all kinds of things I want to ask him. Um, how much do you cost now? <laughs> um, well, what you're saying is great. And first of all, I think you're right about the video thing. If you, even if you look at the pop music world, everything's based on videos now, you know. That's absolutely true. And a lot of people believe that if you just put something out on Facebook, if you put a post like hey, I'm playing at Artmosphere tonight, they think that that's advertising on social media. And it's not. It's w way more involved than that. And they do, and then they wonder why there's nobody there. Exactly. Yeah. People don't understand how to market themselves. You know, I'm not great at it either. Some people are really good at it. But it's not as simple as just making a post. You have to build your followers. You know, you have to stay active. You have to understand how the algorithms work at least a little bit, when to post it, you know, how to post it, things like that, if you should boost it, if you shouldn't boost it. I think, I mean, our entire brand, like you were saying, I mean, exists because of social media. We've developed it. I wish my business partner could be here, Philip Lafarge, because he's kind of in charge of our branding. He's Since day one, he's been our website, our tech guy. But we've built, you know, our followers through, uh, like I said, since we're a niche market and we have kind of a, a bit of a corner on the Louisiana music market, we have followers all over the world who want to know about Louisiana music. So in a way it's our responsibility to present this in the best way we can. And it's so immediate, social media. That's what's great is you don't have to wait for updates. And Matt, I know that your advice on social media is have a plan. Can you tell me slightly more about what kind yeah. of, because it's tell easy to say people, it. have a plan. But what Joel do you mean? did a great job just now, I mean, really laying out a lot of different things. But I think the first thing that he really addressed was it's not just getting a Facebook account or an Instagram and just posting to post. You have to have a specific strategy, and you really need to focus on your goals before you do anything else. What's your goal for implementing Facebook, Instagram, whatever these platforms are? Once you put in place a specific strategy, and for us, I mean, it's about awareness, it's about education, and it's about building relationships. So when you say have a goal, people need to know before they start, like, I want to sell more of this product, or I want more followers, or I want more people at the gig. So you should have a specific goal, otherwise, how will you know you've got it? Well, and for most people, I mean, it's all of those different things. I mean, yeah, we're all trying to make money at the end of the day, but when you work with, say, like a dentist or an insurance company, or different industries where there's multiple people, or a band, what differentiates you. So can't I you? just put up a cat video and offer them to get a free king cake and that works, right? 
Not you necessarily. You have to know your audience too, right? You yes. have to know who you're targeting. That's very important. That's that's a huge thing. When you're breaking down, once you've broken down your goals, figuring out who your specific audience that you're going because after. Because we all, everyone goes for those big numbers. But if you've got 5,000 people liking you, but only 10 live within 10 miles of your store, then those numbers mean very little. Correct. Um, I mean, especially if you're only doing like local retail and not yes. online retail, for sure. But you can pay. I mean, I mean, uh, countries in, I mean, uh, Russia or Brazil to get 5,000 followers on your account, but that's going to no, do no good for you if they're not engaging with you. That's one of the big things that we focus on right now. The currency of social media, specifically Facebook, is engagement. So just because you have an event going on and you post it, if you haven't, you know, steadily promoted it through videos and built up a following or a fan base, nobody's going to come to your show. Nobody's going to buy your music. So you have to build before you can promote. Correct. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking with Matt Thibodeau, who specializes in social media marketing through his company, the Matthew Aaron Agency, and musician Joel Savoir, who co-owns the Acadian specialty record label, Valcor Records. Joel, you've already got your following. You already, your people are there. You just have to find them all. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think our followers know you know they they understand our brand and they know what they're getting and whenever we post something you know because i guess we're very careful as far as my record label as far as valcor is concerned we're very careful about what we post and when we post we don't want to overpost. that's probably a thing that yes people do a lot we don't want to overdo it so that whenever we it's just like if you're in a conversation you don't want to talk the whole time because then people stop listening so yes. whenever you speak, have something important to say, and then people will listen. You know, and you it's so hard because on social it. media, say you get 10 new followers every time you post, you're thinking, well, maybe I should just post more. But that has a detriment, right, Matt? Well, and I mean, just like Joe was just saying, and the big thing for brands going forward in 2018 is the quality content they're pushing out. It's not about quantity. It really never has been. I mean, I guess maybe you could say five, 10 years ago, yeah, you were trying to get you know several thousands of followers on your page. That's great. Again, it all goes back to your engagement with it. And with the different algorithms, with the new changes, again, we're focused on the community-related attributes with social media and how to build your brand and how you tell your story in a different way. Differentiation is huge. And obviously with Valcor Records, I mean, they've differentiated themselves and their brand. And I mean, now you can start to utilize different targeting tools on Facebook, Instagram. I think a big thing for um, new brands in this year is gonna be utilizing influencers specifically on Instagram. And there's such a huge and undervaluation. let me explain, by influencers you mean someone that's already got lots of followers who then recommends the brand, uses the brand. It's the people who wear a certain jacket or carry a certain and bag. We're already seeing lots of that all over, yeah. Yes, exactly, to your point. So um, we just need to get Britney Spears to listen to Valcoa and we're good, right? Well, sure. yes and no. I mean, I think you can find, you know... <laughs> how do you, how do you know she doesn't yes already? And no. Well, of course she does. You want someone with a strong following, but you want someone specific to your audience exactly. as well. Exactly, yeah. It's not just Kim Kardashian. Yeah, Kim Kardashian carrying one of your records. Well, they're also going to charge you, I mean, way too much money to do how something. How much like does Kim Kardashian charge for a single Instagram post? Million dollars? Ten? 500,000? 500, well, the thing is, also, if you were to do that, I'm, and I'm sure you are going to talk about this, but you would have to think back to the audience. Who is the audience? Do I want a beautiful woman to sell my product because it's only men that's going to be buying it? Or do I want, you know, who is going to sell my music? Like, wh who's the best yeah, person to Yeah, who appeals to, to th this section that I'm not quite with yet, but also appeals to, to our consider. audience? It's that right person. Maybe someone with an English accent would be good. <laughs> hey, Siri. <laughs> So, 
let's take Joel. He's advertising a gig. How much budget should he put towards one gig advertising it on social media? Where should he put his money and how much? Well, obviously, it depends on how much he's going to make at the gig, but what percentage? Thank you for asking that. No, uh, so that's a great question. I think a We're lot of businesses, at the end of the show. a lot of people um, don't put together a marketing budget for their year and, and kind of marketing. We've Which seen, obviously is not, you know, not what you want. Seeing as this well, it's, well, it's one business. thing we want to, you know, address and look at. And I think there was actually recent numbers that came out for 2018 that said, you know, um, you should put about seven to eight percent of your gross revenue towards your marketing seven budget. Seven percent, you said? Yeah. So, so whatever that number is, then you... There are lots of people writing this down as they're listening. Well, I mean, so if you grossed a million dollars last year, that's $70,000 in ad spend, okay? So that's your gross revenue, okay? So $70,000 breaking that down, then you want to figure out, okay, where's your audience going to be most receptive? Obviously, Joel's pretty much pinpointed that social media, digital, that's the area and avenue they want to focus on. So for him, then it's realizing how do we correctly allocate that budget with custom ads, possibly Instagram influencer marketing, and other different tools um, to really make that budget work. But I mean, the biggest thing before anything else is what kind of budget do you have? And if you don't have a budget, that's the best thing about social media is there's podcasts, there's videos, there's all different types of amazing, we, we know inspirational podcasts. people out there who you know can pretty much dictate and drive and educate you on how to do social media for yourselves. It's not rocket science, but there is a social media science to all these different things. And obviously, I mean, I could talk about Gary Vee all day long, but I mean, I think he is, you know, one of the most prolific. We'll you know, just tell people to Google him. Yeah, sure. They'll learn a lot. Joel, we can talk about social media and how to market, but let me ask the basic question we all want to know. How does Valcor Records make money? Or does it? Well, that's a very good question. Does it? What, what works for us is to work with artists that are touring. We, we find a band that's good, that's doing creative uh, new music in this area, who's out on the road going to play for new audiences. Because whenever you go to see a show, we all know this, whenever you go to see a show, you're inspired, hopefully, by the performance. And you want to remember it. You want to take home something. Maybe you haven't heard the band. Maybe you have, but you're there. You want to, have, you want to buy something. You want to buy a sticker or a, a shirt or, you know, preferably a CD. We see that all the time. All of our bands that go out on the road are still selling tons of records when they go out, when they play festivals yeah, to audiences. people want to take something home from Imagine gig. being at a festival, being at Glastonbury, and you hear a Cajun band for the first time. You've never even heard of Cajun music. If you like it, you're going to instantly go to the it's store and you're going to buy. Actually. Right, I know. I'll be there in the uh, in middle of May playing there. That's a good time to go to London. So before Valcor, who were the local record company? Uh, Flat Town, Swallow Records in Ville Platte was the only uh, label in our area that I knew of. And do they still exist? They do still exist, yep. It's our neighbors. They've helped us a lot. They've helped us a, a lot along the way. Joe and Matt, this is the part of the show that we call another great idea. Maybe you've got a friend like this, someone who's always got a great idea for you. They tell you about this job you should apply for or the guy you should have a cup of coffee with or a great investment opportunity that you should jump on. You can take advice like this and it turns out to be a disaster. You can dismiss this advice and miss out on something that may have been really great. You can take your friend's advice and it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Do you have an example in your life or career of that friend who had a great idea for you? Did you take their advice? How did it turn out? Um, sure. So it's pretty easy for me. Uh, it was my father. Uh, and it was something that he told me at a young age and then reinstilled growing up uh, and still to this day. But if you work at something easy, it gets hard. If you work at something hard, it gets easy. And I think that's very tried and true through everything with life. So simply put, 
That's very nice. Joel. That was very concise. Wow. I have a feeling yours is not going to be as concise. I'll try. Uh, so we've talked about my Cajun music background and my uh, punk music background. When I've, uh, right when I graduated high school, I wanted to get out of Eunice, where I was, where I'd been. So I went to LSU in Baton Rouge. That was far enough, but close enough at the same time. And when I was there, I was by myself, living in a dorm with a roommate who played a uh, electric, you know, like heavy metal electric guitar. And I was getting homesick and wanted to play some music, but I didn't know anybody there, so I didn't have any like bandmates there yet. Uh, and these two guys showed up at my dad's regular Saturday morning jam session in Eunice. Two college guys that I didn't know. And my mom happened to be there, and they were looking at this Dennis McGee music. They were like, hey, we're from LSU, you know, we're just trying to get into Cajun music. And my mom was like, oh, y'all are at LSU. Well, my son just started there, and he plays all this music. And here's his number. So this guy, Josh Caffrey, and uh, his buddy Richard Burgess called me up, and they were like, hey, uh, we just met your mom, and we, we have a band in town that plays bluegrass and folk music and stuff, gypsy swing and things like that. And they were like, we'd love to play some music with you. So I met these two guys. And it completely changed the trajectory of my life. It just, I got interested in jazz music and bluegrass and all kinds of folk music, different styles, different instruments, and just completely developed me as a musician that I am today by hanging out with these guys who were exposing me to all this different stuff. Would you stuff. like to take this opportunity to thank your mom for that? Thank you, mom and dad. <laughs> Matt, there are only two males in your office. Everyone else is female. There's you and Ozzy, who's a pit bull. How do you cope with that on a daily basis, being the only man in the office? Is it difficult sometimes, or is it by design? It's actually, we have an amazing uh, atmosphere. The cool thing is, is actually two years ago, my mother and I actually um, went into an office together. So we actually share a shared space. And my mom's actually a uh, local interior designer in Lafayette. Um, would you like to take this opportunity to thank your mother? <laughs> yeah, I, I would. So she uh, makes our place, you know, it's decorated and everything like that. Um, she has her own team, about three different individuals. I've got my team, um, and then we have Ozzy as well. So it's a really unique environment. We've got a, long, a lot of strong, you know, passionate individuals in the office. I probably know a little more about The Bachelor and that there's The Bachelor football series or fantasy league going on than I knew before. I'm just learning this. Yeah, right, exactly. So. Right. Well, that's what happens when you have an office, you know, full of women. So, yeah. And Ozzy, is he on the payroll? Ozzy is on the payroll. Ozzy is the office boss, and uh, he means business over there. So we don't get anything done, you know, without him. Now, recently, um, Facebook announced that they were moving more towards social. And lots of people are panicking because every time they change the rules, it changes what you do. And people are kind of saying that means business pages won't be taken into consideration because Facebook are looking more at conversations. How does that, how does every Facebook change affect your business and how do you stay ahead of that? I mean, we're actually really excited about the changes. Uh, one, because we still see so many people who shout and try to oversell on a platform that's that's not what it's supposed to be used for. You know, you mean it's not good to just write in all caps and just put the same thing over and over again? Well, to, Ex to each his own. points help a lot. <laughs> yes. To each his own, and I'm not going to you know dictate what someone does on their own personal social media accounts. I, I, will, I will change mine when I get home. But for for a business and a brand, our big thing is the storytelling and the relationships that we can build with it. 
And so I feel like it now it's really going to put an emphasis on a business. You know, if you really want to market yourself on social media, and if you don't, then you probably need to change your direction. But if you do, then you really need to come up with a strong strategy and game plan for doing it. And it's not just about having, you know, a 20-something-year-old intern who you feel is good with Instagram and Snapchat posting it. It takes, you know, a dedicated team, really, to get a lot of things done. And one thing I love about social media is you can tell if it's working. If you're posting things and you're getting no likes and no interaction, that's probably not working. And I see people do the same thing for months or shit, their nephew or their next-door neighbors son is like, oh, I can use Instagram, and that isn't good social media marketing. Correct. I mean, the great thing about social media is everything is, uh, everything is trackable. Everything is measurable. Um, we can see everything in real time and see what's working and what's not. And again, the big thing for the brands that we work with is making sure we focus on uh, their stories and their people. There's often a kind of tension in indigenous cultures, a tug of war between an older generation looking back and a younger generation looking ahead. Here in Acadiana, we're fortunate to have a sizable number of young people who are focused on keeping tradition alive and are able to integrate the culture that's been handed down to them with the 21st century tools from Spotify to Snapchat. Joelle and Matt, you're both great examples of the kind of people we're counting on. Keeping the music alive, Joelle, and dragging us into the 21st century, Matt. It's been great getting to spend time with you. Thank you both for joining me today on Out to Lunch. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Joel Savoir, musician and co-founder of Valcor Records, and Matt Thibodeau, owner of the Matthew Aaron Agency. You can find out more about Joel's music and recordings and Matt's social media marketing by following the links on our website, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Morell. Today's show is engineered by Blake Longanay. Our researcher is Anne Christian. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. These photos were taken by Valcor Records co-founder, Lucius A. Fontenot. You can find out more about Lucius at lafphoto.com. You can get this show and past shows as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsacadiana.com and krvs.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and krvs 88.7 FM. I'm Aileen Bennett. Thanks for joining me today and I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Cafe Vermilionville for more business, Acadiana style, on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette. Cafe Vermilionville is open Monday to Friday for lunch and six nights a week for dinner with a courtyard that sets the scene for fine Louisiana cuisine. The Out to Lunch Acadiana theme music, Encore Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Out to Lunch Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escaday. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. 
joneswalker.com. And by Sheward & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Support for Out to Lunch at Cadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Collie Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette is a pet and family-friendly hotel with reception space for large and intimate events, free parking, free Wi-Fi, and a free shuttle within three miles that includes the airport and downtown restaurants.